I'd like to play the DVD of Elam. Elam uh, celebrating 100 years, of which Kensington Temple are a part of Elam Pentecostal Churches, over 500 churches in the United Kingdom and in Ireland as well. And uh, we're going to play the DVD on behind me because we were meeting as leaders this coming week with Colin and the team and John Glass and the team there in Birmingham and just basically celebrating and consecrating our lives together and remembering what God has done through Elam over the last 100 years. So let's play that DVD right now. Just to let you know that we are also got these special 100 Years Elam books out, which the Kensington Temple is in there as well. As uh, Chris Cartwright used to be a minister here at the church, has put this lovely book together as well. And if you read through that, you're going to be inspired about what God has done over the last 100 years as well. 100 Years of Revival. Let's all stand right now in this place today. I don't know about you, but when I look at that DVD, I'm thinking six men met together through with George Jeffries, who is the founder of this church, and met together about strategizing on how they could make a difference in the United Kingdom. We need God to make a difference in the United Kingdom. Amen. And as we see with the, with what's happening in Europe as well, we need God to invade Europe in, a, in an amazing way and to break through. And it's going to start with us. Amen. It's going to start with you and I seeking God in a new way. So let's lift our hands right now. I want us to begin to pray that God will do it again. Amen. I want to begin to pray that God will do it through you. Do it through me. Do it through KT. Do it through all the churches that God will begin to visit the church during this time as we move forward. We're talking about our dreams and visions today, but let's begin to pray prayers of revival. Let's lift our voices right now and just begin to say, God, do it again in Jesus' name. Love you. You did it with six men, Father God, meeting together, six people meeting together and saying, God, how are we going to reach the nation, Father God? Lord, they must have thought to themselves it couldn't happen, Lord God. They must have thought to themselves they were weak, but when they met together, something sparked their lives, something sparked off, and they start to think, God, we can make a difference, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you that you remove all the doubt, the unbelief, the struggles, Father God, the lack of identity, Father God, you'll put your word back in our lives, and we pray in the name of Jesus more than ever that you'd speak to our churches, speak to us this week, Father God, as the leaders meet together as we approach Vision Week, Lord God, we say, Lord God, do it again, in Jesus' name, spark a fire again in our lives, Father God, we believe today that you're going to use every believer, Father God, every person is special, precious to you, Father, we ask you, in Jesus' name, Father, set us on fire again, Lord God, stir us again. Give us a dream again. In the name of Jesus, Father, teach us to dream your dreams, Lord God. Lord, we have over 500 churches, Father. Many gatherings that are taking place through Elam and through KT. Father God, we ask you, Father, extend our borders again, we pray. Increase us, Father God. Let souls be saved again. Father, let miracles happen again. Oh God, unusual miracles, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, Father, we believe you for these things to happen, Lord God. In Jesus' name, do it again, Lord. 
Do it again, Lord. Say that again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it through me, Lord. Do it again, Father. Do it again, Lord. Do it in me, Father, we pray. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you the glory and we give you the honor and we give you the thanks, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus praise right now. Hallelujah. I'd like you to take your seats. We're going to go through the scriptures. We're talking about faith for God's dream today. And I want you to start off in the book of Jeremiah. Tell your neighbor while you're turning there, God has called you for great things. Amen. God has called you for great things. I don't know about you, but I want to tell you today, this afternoon, that you weren't born by chance, amen? You weren't born because your family decided for you to be born, and that might have been the natural way that it happened, but I want to tell you, you were born because God decided for you to be born at this time, amen? You could have been born 100 years ago when Elah first died, but you were born right now for this generation to make a difference for God, hallelujah, amen? You were born to make a difference, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm passionate about making a difference for God, amen? I don't want to waste my life just going through the motions, struggling, you know, through circumstances, trying to get a degree here, a degree there, trying to get a house here, a house there, start a family here, start a family there, and they're all good, but I want to be about God's purpose, amen? I want to connect to God's destiny for my life. For every one of us here today, we can have a job, we can have a car, we can have a family. God has provided that in the world. Some of us will, some of us won't, but you know, these are natural things, but I want to encourage you today to step up in God's design and God's destiny for your life, God's blueprint, amen? How many people want to find that blueprint out today? Hallelujah. I want to find that. If you don't know God's destiny for your life, then find out, amen? Use your life, this, these next couple of months, this, this next year, finding out what God's plan for your life is, amen? I don't want to get to heaven and, and God say to me, you know, Christian, you know what? You had a good life, but that was not what I destined you for. That's not what I planned for you for. I want to be about God's business, Jesus, you know, when he was a young boy, he was in the temple, and his parents couldn't find him. So what was he doing as a young boy? Something was stirring in Jesus. Number one, he had a passion for God's word. He had a passion for the house of God, for he was in the temple. And what was he doing in the temple? He was learning the word of God. Another way of looking at that was that Jesus was learning about God's plan for his life. And you spend 16 or 18 years learning about the world's plan for your life. And they give you an education at school. And they tell you what to believe. And they tell you that the Bible is not real and the, and, and the Bible is not right. And they say that God is not alive. And that's what they teach you in school, you know, these days. And we're in a generation that's difficult. But I want to tell you that the Bible is true, amen. That Jesus is alive right now. And that Jesus has a destiny for your life. And Jesus was in the temple. And what was he doing? He was finding out God's plan for his life. He knew that God's plan for his life was in the scriptures, amen. Not turning to FHM magazine or whatever magazines, the Hello magazine for the latest gossip. Not reading all these things. He was turning to the Word of God. And he was looking on the Word of God. And he was training himself on the Word of God. And he was saying, what is God's destiny for my life? Hallelujah. That's why he could get in the temple and read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So I want to challenge you today to find out God's plan for your life. The Bible says the way that seems right to man. But in the end, it leads to death. Another way of looking at that, your parents sometimes have decided what you're going to do in your life. They say, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. But you know what? That's good ideas, and that's good advice. Train yourself. Get a degree. Get up there. Get educated. But you know what? Rather than your family telling you what to do, let's find out what God has called us to do. Amen? Let's find out what God has destined us to do in the, in the world. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Wow. When you look at this scripture today and you're thinking about God's dream, God's plan for my life. Before you were born, God knew you. He knew about you. He knew what you were going to be like. He knew how you are going to look. He knew everything about you. He knew your giftings. He knew your talents. He knew what family you would be going to be born into. And the Bible says he ordained you as a prophet to the nations. He ordained you to do something to make a difference in the world. Now, what is a prophet? Well, a simple way of looking at a prophet in Jeremiah's life was someone who's going to speak for God. How many people want to speak for God? Hallelujah. 
I want to I represent God whether it's in a small way or in a big way. I want to represent God. In fact, we challenge people in KT to make a difference for God by becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. How many disciples do we have here today? Hallelujah. A disciple is somebody who's following Jesus. Not just sitting in a pew week by week or in a chair, but someone who's decided to say, I'm going to go home and I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to find out what God is doing and I'm going to become a disciple. Somebody who speaks for God. A disciple is somebody who makes a difference in the world. Hallelujah. Someone who's shining for God in the world. And God said to Jeremiah, listen, I've called you to speak for me. I've called you to make a difference for me. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God has called you to make a difference. Amen. God has called you to make a difference. You know what? I want to challenge you today. When you get out of bed, are you thinking, God, I'm alive. Hallelujah. I'm excited. God, you've called me to make a difference. I mean, many of you might not be, but I tell you, through listening to this series on dreams and visions and getting the word of God in your life, Colin was talking this morning about joy. How many people are full of joy here today? I want to tell you the key to joy is about getting God's plan in your life. When you've got the world's word and negative talk and circumstance, and you're all bogged down and you say, God's got a plan. Oh, how's he? How's he got a plan? There's no joy there. But I tell you, when you turn to Jeremiah and you begin to read and say, God formed you in the womb. He knew you. God has a plan for my life. Hallelujah. You get out of bed and you say, God, you've got a good plan for me. God, you've got something for me to do. You've got a people for me to reach, hallelujah. A family to create, Lord God. A job, Lord God, to make a difference in. God, you've got a destiny for my life. God's placed you where you're at. You're not there by chance. You might not like the job that you're in. You might not like the school you're in. You might not like the family that you're in. But I tell you, as a Christian, God has called you to make a difference in that family. The, the more you complain, the more that you've got to go and complain, the situation's going to remain the same. But if you cry out to God and you say, God, help me. It's difficult, but help me. I want to dream, Father, that this family's not going to be a pain, but this family is going to be prosperous. Hallelujah. This family's going to be healthy, and I want to get your word. I want to get your thoughts about what you're thinking regarding my family. Why? Because God is a dream for your life. And how many of us today, this afternoon, have excuses? Jeremiah, he had an excuse. What was his excuse? Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm only a youth. Lord, I'm a nobody. Lord, I'm a youth. I'm a a nobody. God, I'm not talented. I'm not gifted. I can't speak, Lord God. How am I going to speak? I'm just a youth. And if I speak, people are not going to hear me. And he starts to make all these excuses. How many of you today have made excuses before God? And you say, God, I can't do it. Well, you're right today. That's a good position to be in. Because without God, we can't do it. Hallelujah. Without God, we can't achieve God's blueprint. Why? Because it's God's dream. It's God's dream for our life, not our own dream. Hallelujah. It's God's dream. And if you're going to be about God's dream, as Jesus said, I want to be about my Father's dream business. I want to be about my father's dream. If you want to be about the father's dream, then you must come to the point in your life where you said, I'm not going to live my life. I'm going to live God's life. Hallelujah. I'm going to live for God. (laughs) And this is what we did this last week in a sense where all the healing ministers came together and we had what we call a consecration day. Uh, 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 many of the women in KT would know that many times Pastor Amanda has been here and the women's ministry has had a week of sanctification because we believe that the women need to be sanctified in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That, that was a joke. Hallelujah. But all of us need to be sanctified. Hallelujah. But you know what? Sanctification is just getting before God and saying, God, I surrender again to you. I get right before you again. Yes, Lord, I can't speak without you. There's fears in my life. There's stuff going on. But God, I'm not going to say I'm just a youth. I'm not going to say I'm old. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to say that. God, I'm just going to say, use me, Lord. Use me this year to make a difference for you in the world. And the Lord said to him, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. There's no greater thing than to know that God is with you. God is with you this year. Amen? 
God is with you in everything that you do. And if you're going to make a difference to God, you're going to have to make sure that God is with you. My prayer this year was, Lord, add definition to my destiny. If you're making notes today, you can write that down. Lord, add definition to my destiny. We're talking about faith in the dream of God. Faith in the plan that God has for you. Some of you today might have some sort of idea about what God's called to do. Some of you might, however, be on the other side. You have no clue about what God's called to do. And then there's people in the middle here this afternoon who kind of know a little bit about what God's called to do. But yet you're in the middle and you're not sure. You need some definition, some specifics. When I was trying to shop for my car and looking on the internet and trying to find out what car that I wanted. This was the year before last. And in a certain car, they give you all the specifications of what this car can do. So a 2.2 diesel is what we bought. So that would be 2.2 diesel. I want a diesel, not a petrol car. And then I want something that's big, but not too small, not too big, but just at the right size. I need something for a family. And there will be specifications. Now, I knew the car I wanted, which was a black Honda CIV. I'd worked out that that was the best per mile, and, and that was a good family car. But I was trying to work out what the specifications were. I decided for a black a pearl essence black, and all the seats that I decided to want. And what was that? It was adding specifications to the model that I wanted. Now, some of you might know the model of your future, but you don't know the specifications. You don't know what the details are. You don't know the place you're going to be, the job or the church or wherever you're going to be. And this is what we're starting out in the dream of God this year. We're saying to God, God, add definition to my destiny. Give me the specifics. Give me the specific people that you're going to be around. Well, I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 10. Because we're asking God the question today about God's dream and God's destiny. And we're asking God about faith. So let's turn over to Romans chapter 10 here. Uh, Where does faith come from? What, What is faith? How does faith come about? You know, some people think that faith is just stirring yourself up and say, Well, today... This is our lesson. Just believe God. Well, I mean, what's wrong with you? Just believe God. You need to believe God. That's what you need to do. Well, if you could believe God, you would be believing God right now. If you had the capacity to believe God, you would have done it right now. I want to tell you, faith comes from God. Faith comes from God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There it is, a dream, a vision for our lives. God's got a plan. God's got a dream. But now we need to believe God for that dream. And how is it going to come to pass? It's going to happen by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're taking notes right now, write down the Word of God. That word there, there's two words in the Greek. One is logos and one is rhema. This one is actually the word rhema. It means the revelation of God. Or you could look at it in another way. For this sermon, you could look at it as the specific word of God for that situation. The revelation of God concerning your life. Now, how many people have a word from God? You've ever heard a word from God? Uh, What did it do in your life? It must have stirred you. It must have stopped you. It must have stirred something in you and said, my God, God's spoken to me. And what did it do? It encouraged you. It increased your faith level. And you grabbed a hold of that word. How many people have still got a hold of that word in their lives? There's words that God has spoken to me about over my whole Christian life. And some I've remembered and some I haven't remembered. And this year, to increase faith in my life, I thought, my God, I do need a breakthrough. I do need God to add definition concerning my life. But what am I going to do? The first thing I decided to do was to start writing down all the scriptures that God has spoken to me personally about. Now, straight away, I'm thinking, you start to think, my God, how come I forgot all the words that God spoke to me about? And suddenly all these words are coming back to me, and I'm writing them down, and I'm saying, wow. And why would I do that? Why? Because my prayer is, God, Add definition to my destiny. Now, why would God speak to you a new word if you've forgotten the words he's already told you? 
Now, I've asked you another question today, which I asked a group of my guys in, earlier in the week, was if I was to speak to you personally right now, and I was to ask you, if your life was to be defined by the word that God has spoken to you about, what scriptures would you be speaking to me about? I'll ask you that again. If your life was to be defined by the scriptures that God has spoken personally to you about, what scriptures would you be speaking to me about? What scriptures would you be sharing? Why? Because if we're going to accomplish destiny, it's going to first happen by the Word of God. It's going to first happen by the scriptures, by a rhema word, a specific word into our lives that's going to change us, that's going to shape us. And as I begin to write these scriptures down, I start to think, my God, I'm writing the scriptures down, but why don't I also write down the prophecies? How many people have ever received a prophecy or an encouraging word from a pastor, a minister, a, a friend? You know, uh, uh, how many have forgotten those words already? You know, uh, uh, and I encourage myself, the second thing I decide to do is to write down those prophecies. Why? Because if I'm going to receive something new from God, I need to start thinking about what God has already told me. And what am I doing by that? I am putting the words before my eyes. I'm putting the scriptures in my eyes. I'm putting the prophecies in my, in my way. And I'm saying, that's my destiny. That's my future. That's where I'm going. If I'm going to be what God has called me to be, if I'm going to get some definition, if I'm going to get some specifics, then I need to know what God has already told me. It needs to be in my mind. It needs to be in my heart. It needs to be pumping through my veins. Hallelujah. And every person I speak to needs to know what God has already told me. Because if I'm speaking God's words, this is where destiny is about. How many people believe that God brings people of destiny alongside you? How many people believe that? We believe that. I want to be, I want to be Lord. I want to have friends, Lord, who are about destiny. I want to be people of destiny. Well, if you're not a person of destiny then how are you going to attract other people of destiny? If there's somebody right now who's supposed to be in your future, who's supposed to create some sort of ministry or breakthrough or business, but yet right now you're not even remembering the Word of God. You're not even thinking about the Word of God. You've forgotten the promises of God. You've forgotten what Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you've forgotten all these verses. Well, then you're not even in the place. So you need to get yourself in alignment. Everybody say alignment. Get yourself in alignment with what God has already said about you. And if you get yourself in alignment, then the people that you're praying about in your cell group or people you're praying about in your business or people you're praying about in your family, they're going to start coming alongside you because like attracts like. Hallelujah. And I want to be with people of destiny. Hallelujah. I want to be a man of destiny. Therefore, I need to have the scriptures pumping in my life, in my mind, and in my veins. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, by the rhema word of God. What are we doing this year in Elam? We're calling three specific areas in Elam, which they shared this week, defining moments. Then they said honoring our past. Uh, honoring what God had done in the past. And then the third thing was embracing the future. Well, all of us here want to embrace the future, don't we? We want to em embrace God's dream. We want to embrace the future that God has for us. And we, we're so living in the future that we forgot to remember what God did in the past. I want to tell you, if you're going to ignite your destiny, if you're going to ignite what God's called, you need to remember what God has already done in His church in the past. Because when I've studied church history, which some of you might do, and you might have read God's generals, and you, you may have read about George Jeffries, and you may have seen that. I don't know about you, but when I first saw that, something leaped inside of me. Well, it's about destiny. Six men met together, and what happened? They changed the world. By the back end of last year, I was praying a prayer. God, we're just one suddenly away from worldwide revival. We're just one suddenly away from worldwide revival. And what was I thinking about? Acts chapter 2. 120 men and women met together and they were waiting on the Holy Spirit and suddenly the Holy Spirit came in there and filled them and what happened was global revival. What happened was worldwide revival. The church literally exploded. We've all heard R.T. Kendall speak on this. 
uh, when he came, he's coming again the next six months, and he's talking about an amazing revival that's about to take place, that, that's going to hit the world, things are going to go viral, one YouTube clip, one Christian YouTube clip about the gospel going right, viral, and many people accepting Jesus Christ in Muslim-speaking nations, and in nations have never heard the gospel, that's what we're about, one move of God. One YouTube clip, one move of God, one suddenly away from the church growing. Hallelujah. I was seeing this week in a negative capacity what can happen in Paris and uh, hit the news. And we've seen that over the last 10 years. We've seen riot after riot, terror attack after terror attack, uh, viral YouTube clips. We've seen everything go like that. But I want to tell you, church, start to pray that God starts to anoint that stuff. God starts to anoint his messengers. God starts to anoint his word. Because God speaks to us through his word. One suddenly can make a difference from God. I remember in my own personal life, how did I start to think that God had a plan for my life? How did I start to think? And I was thinking about it this week. And uh, two things I'd like to share with you right now. You might be there where, where I was about 20 years ago. And I remember my desire was to play professional football. My, my passion, my desire was to play professional football. I played football in the morning, at lunchtime, in the afternoon, in the evening. It was still dark and I was still playing football. I was one of the only people who would take my football to school. And if anybody to rely on anybody had a football, it would be go to Christian because he's shoot to have a football. I had a football by my side rather than the Bible. In fact, I can't ever remember taking a Bible to school. It was always my football. My football was the most important thing in my life at the time. And all I could think about was football, football, and football. I don't know if you have any football fans to hear at the 2.30, so it's probably not because the games are going on and you're here. So by, by definition, you're not a football supporter. But, you know, this was my passion. And my mother, she said this irritating statement to me as a young child. And she said, you know what? God has said something to me. And I said, I was going to church. I was happy to serve God. It's not like I was backslidden or anything like that. It was just that football was the most important thing in my life at the time. And as far as I was concerned, as a child, that was my future. That was my destiny. That was my goal. That was my ambition. And my mother said, you know what? I feel that God has told me one of my sons is going to be used by God. And I remember some, I never really knew how to hear from God. I don't, I, I prayed, but I don't think I had a relationship with God. Uh, God wasn't speaking back to me. It wasn't communication. I might have said some prayers now and again. Uh, uh, but something hit me, and, and it was like this, you know, you, you're not, this thought, you're not going to play football. I rebuked that. I said, that's not going to happen. I, I'm about football. This is what I'm about. It's not going to be me. And then I started to think, if, if one of her sons is going to be used, she's got two other sons, so maybe it's the other one. And I started thinking, it's my younger brother. And I started thinking, yeah, it's going to be him. It's going to be him. But as I, years went by, these thoughts started to irritate me. And as I started to pray, God, open doors for the football world. Open doors that I get signed. Open doors. This thought would always come like a kind of irritating thorn in my side saying, that's not what you're going to be. That's not what you're going to do. Oh, please. And then you plead, plead prayers. Anybody pray? Please, God. Please, God. I teach, I teach Judah right now, my, my little boy, he's, I say, listen, before, he says, Apple, Apple, Daddy, Apple. I said, please. He said, please. I always say, please. And we pray those prayers, please, Lord, please, Lord. But that's not what God has for me. Uh, and that was the seed when I came back to God. Uh, at 16, I rededicated my life back to God. That was the seed that my mother had sown in my life. And then what happened when I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus, and I came forward in one of the services, that's the prayer I started to pray. God, you spoke to my mother. You said that one of her sons will be used by God. Can you use me, Lord? Do something in my life, Lord God. That was the seed. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It was like that word. Even In fact, it was an irritating word at that time. But that word that became a real word in my life, what did it start to do? It started to direct my destiny. It started to direct my future. And that's what the words of God do in your life. They direct you. They create faith inside of you. It's like an anchor, something that you can hold on to. You're not holding on to some sort of grasping for the wind. You've got a word in your life that you're saying, God, you have said something to me. You've said something to my family, and I believe that it's going to come to pass. The second thing I'd like to share with you is when 
The Word of God makes a difference because the Word of God creates faith in your life. I know this is a, a very big topic, but I went and I gave my life to Christ at eight years old. And at eight years old, it's not like we're living a Christian life. My family, my mom left my dad when I was two. We moved into my mom's parents and we were living there. And that was my experience of living in a single parent family, two brothers and my mom trying to get by. That was, that's my story. And so it's not like we're living in a Christian family. My mom was from a Christian family, but currently living as a non-Christian. So she was dating, goodness knows who. She brought a couple of men back. We didn't know what was going on as young children, but that's what happened. She married one, then she divorced one, then she married another. Uh, and she was going through her own stuff that she was going through. But as a child, that was my experience. That might be your experience right now. In fact, we know it's even worse today as it was back then. And I, I can't remember really praying. I can't remember before eight really engaging with God or anything like that. But when Billy Graham came to town in Sunderland, Roker Park in the northeast of England, this is when my family got radically saved. Uh, one of the Pentecostal churches that my grandmother started to, to go to, she, they, they, had, they hired a coach. And the coach went to Roker Park, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it's an, another stadium right now. I've forgotten because Sutherland are not any good anyway, so it doesn't really make a difference to me. A stadium of light, actually. And uh, Roker Park housed all these 40,000 people. And my grandma invited my mother and my older brother on the first coach that was going to Roker Park. And they basically, when Billy Graham gave the altar call, they went forward. And they gave their lives to Christ. They got a Bible and they came back to the family and they started sharing with me and my brother. And everybody said, hey, we've given our lives to Christ. We've become Christians. And I remember looking through all the pamphlet that my brother had brought me and I thought, I, I want this. I, I want this. Something stirred in me as I looked through the, these scriptures, these notes that my brother had brought back. I went back the next night with my grandma on, on the coach. And I remember sitting in the stadium as Billy Graham preached. Anybody Anybody been to a stadium here today? Uh, you know how cold it can be in the winter. And, and I remember two things. Number one, how cold it was. But also, something was happening to me. I remember saying to my grandma, Grandma, when is he going to give this call? Because I want to go forward and give my life to Christ. And as I was preaching, it was like something was happening to me. The Word of God was going forth. And in the, in the same breath, God was changing my heart. God was changing my life. You could look at it this way. God was changing my destiny. I was an eight-year-old. I was not a Christian. My family used to be Christian, but weren't currently living for God. My mother, she just gave her life the day before with my brother. So something was happening. I was sitting in that statement thinking, I'm freezing. But grandma, when is he going to give the altar call? I'm freezing, but when is he going to give the altar call? I must have asked her ten times like a truly irritating boy. Saying, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And then finally, when he gave the altar call, I remember just running down those stairs, getting through all these adults and getting on the pitch and receiving my Bible for the first time and praying the prayer to receive Jesus into my life. Why do I tell that story? Because something was happening to me. When Billy Graham was preaching the Word of God, God was touching my heart. That's exactly what happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It says in Romans 10, verse 8, 9, and 10, it says, what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, there is raised from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What does he mean by that? How are you born again? How do you become a Christian? The word of God enters your life. You get convicted of your sin and you receive what we say is the gift of faith by His grace. This supernatural ability given by God, given by the Holy Spirit that enables you to believe that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. What does it mean? It means to be born again. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, unless he be changed in his heart, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
It means that when the word goes forth, something supernatural happens. God takes out this fleshly nature, this sinful nature, and he puts in him, puts inside of you his divine nature. The capacity to follow God. The capacity to believe in God. It means to be transformed. It means to be born again. He says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. That brings me to my third point. One, write down the scriptures. Two, write down the prophecies. Three, start to confess those words and those prophecies over your life. The good thing about prayer is that it's not just one event that happens every morning or every evening, independent of any other event. Prayer is a relationship. Why? Because you know God. How many people know God in this place today? You have a relationship with God. So you're talking with God on a regular basis. You're reading your Bible. It's communication. So prayer is not just a single event. I met with God today. haven't spoken to him for about a year, but I met with him today. It's not a single event. It's an ongoing event. It's something that's happening to you on an ongoing basis. How many people have experienced God? You've experienced the tangible presence of God. So you've got promises, the, the scriptures, you've got prophecies, and you've got experiences that have happened in your life that are basically making up your destiny, making up what God has planned for your life. And you need to remind yourself of what God's done. Remind yourself by declaring and confessing the Word of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get really bored in church. Anybody get bored in church? You might be even bored right now while I'm speaking. But you can get really bored in church. Why? You're sitting in the same seat. You're facing the same way. You lift the same hand in worship. And then you leave through the same door. And you do it every week. I mean, if you do the same thing over and over again, you can just become really bored. You're just praying in the same corner, doing the same style of prayer over and over again, like at the Jews at the Wailing Wall, doing the same action over and over. You just get bored. You need a breakthrough. You know you need something different, but yet you're doing the same thing over and over again, and nothing's happening. I've got a prophecy for you. Do something different. Amen. Do something different. Break out of the normal. Break out of the usual. If you want God to speak to you, you need to get out of the normal style of prayer into something different. Something I've been thinking about. And so I was thinking, God, how can I empower my prayer life? How can I empower my prayer life? And I I use this phrase, creative prayer. So this is where these thoughts have come from. Write down the scriptures. Write down the prophecies. Write down the experiences. Start to declare the word of God in a quiet way, start to hear from God. Why? Because powerful prayer, faith praying, is all about saying to God, saying back to God what God has already spoken to you. That's destiny. Writing down the scriptures, writing down what my life's about, writing down my own declaration. I challenge you today to get your own declaration. I mean, what would your declaration look like? What, what scriptures would be in your own declaration? What prophecies would be in your own declaration? Now, we welcomed Catherine, who, who said you're a doctor, uh, and that title, doctor. Now, I don't know in your declaration if you had prophecies or words about you becoming a doctor, or your parents wanted to become a doctor, or you have a sense of destiny about becoming a doctor, making a difference about becoming a doctor. But in your personal declaration, it's probably, if that's true, there's going to be something about making a difference in there about being a doctor. I'm not a doctor. My wife is a doctor. You know, I'm called to be something different and unique, and so are you. So it's going to be specific to you. But what you can put in your own declaration and get in your own declaration and say, God, these are the promises you've given me. These are the promises you've given Mama. These are the promises you've given my dad. These are the promises you've given KT in the church. These are the promises you've given me, and these are the things I believe you want me to come, and I'm going to declare this every morning. Because I don't know about you, but after declaring that every morning, it's going to create faith inside of you. Faith for the vision, faith for the dream, faith for the things that God has called you to do in the world. <laughs> Writing them down. The fifth thing that I put down here was getting out of the normal. Take a walk. How many people take a walk when they pray? I know not many Pentecostals do. They usually take a room, irritate the neighbor next to them, and shout in tongues for about 40 minutes. That's usually what we do. And, and and let's face it, we don't really hear from God in the way that we wanted to. 
We don't really hear from God by shouting and doing that. That can be a style. That can be intercession. But in fact, before intercession, before the shouting, before the cry, before the desperation, before that loud, exciting worship prayer, how does that crescendo happen? How does that shouting happen in the worship? How does that prayer, that intercession, that burden happen? How does it happen? It happens by receiving the Word of God. And when you receive the Word of God, it creates faith in your life. And that faith can be given quietly in a quiet style, but also that faith can give breakthrough. It can give desperation. It can give, God, you need to do it now. Oh, God, now, now, now. It comes from something. It's coming from the Word of God. So take a step back and say, God, before I'm going to get my breakthrough in prayer, I need to first hear from you. I need to listen to you. I need to be in a quiet area. Walking, talking, listening to God in a quiet area. That's why we do encounters. We go away to a scenic place. Or if you're on holiday, by a beach. You know, reading the Bible. How many people have heard heard from God on a beach somewhere? Lying down in a quiet area by a lake. Why? Because it's, it's creation and you're sitting there and you're quiet. No one else is talking to you. You're reading your Bible and then suddenly God speaks to you. That's where we need to be. That's how we create faith for our dreams, getting in a quiet place or going away. How many of you have ever went away and fasted for a day? Fasted for three days. Most of our holidays are sunshine or family. Uh, If you're in family, it's like, God, I'm tired already. I've got to visit all these family. I've got all these headaches. And then if you're on holiday, well, Lord, I'm just about entertainment and about beach and I get my sun time. But in between, the question is, when you get back to work, has God spoken to you about your life? Are you filled with purpose? Are you filled with destiny? Are you, are you on course for what God has planned for you? Many of you might have found out this, la- this last year that Miles Monroe, the guy who basically put purpose back in the church, Miles Monroe was known for destiny, dreams, and purpose. Here's a few quotes that he said, which you may want to write down about purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. Life without purpose. It means when I, when I listen, I think, my God, I don't want to live another day, Lord, unless I'm about your purpose. Unless I'm living for what I was born to do, Lord God. I don't want to live another day unless I grab a hold of you. The poorest person in the world is a person without a dream. Don't be pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. Your purpose can be fulfilled only during the time you are given on the earth to accomplish it. Purpose is when you know and understand what you were born to accomplish. What you were born to accomplish. A true leader does not measure his success by comparing himself to others, but by evaluating how he's fulfilling his own purpose and his own vision. Basically, you are responsible for your life. You're responsible for your family. You're responsible for your own destiny. No one can make you follow God. No one can make you follow his plan for your life. You and me, all of us need to take responsibility for our own purpose and our own future. A true leader does not, if you attempt things, you don't, if you don't attempt things, he says, you don't attract God. Why? Why does he say that? Because God is attracted by faith. God's attracted when we step out and we do things and we expect things. You are born to lead, but you must become a leader. You are born to lead, but you must become a leader. When we say leader, it doesn't mean that you're suddenly going to be President Obama. It doesn't mean that you're going to be Queen of England. It doesn't mean you're going to have some top job. It means being a leader is what we call influence. And believe it or not, right now, you are influencing people in your life. You're influencing people by doing nothing. You're influencing people by doing something. You're influencing people by doing something bad. And you're influencing people by doing something good. You influence people. The guy who turns up late, who's he influencing? His boss. And his boss is written by that guy's late. My God. He's late again. He's late again. He's not making his boss happy. In fact, his boss is in a mood. And what's happening there? He's influencing him, but not in a good way, in a bad way. We all influence people by our behavior and our responsibilities on a daily basis. Therefore, if we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, or leaders, if we're going to lead, then we need to change our lives, ask God to change our character, ask God that he, he would reveal to us His purpose, so that when people look at us, they think, there's a man, there's a woman who's about purpose. 
about God's plan. There's a person I want to be like. Hallelujah. There is a person I want to follow. Following on, number six, I challenge you, praying a different way, write out your prayers. Anybody written out their prayers? Anybody write out their prayers? I mean, some people do that when they don't have the confidence to pray in public. They, they're writing down different styles. But you, who are used to praying out loud, why don't you just write out your prayers? Because often in my life, when I've written out my prayers, and I'm writing out of God, often halfway down the page, I write something that is like God just spoke to my mind. He spoke to my and it came through my hand. And I wrote it down on the paper. And I suddenly look at it and think, my God, that's from God. That prayer's from God. That's a word from God. If you want God to speak to you, you need to start being creative in the way that you pray. And then number seven, to finish off, if you want to be about destiny, take responsibility for what I would call petitionary prayer. Take responsibility for petitionary prayer. Part of taking responsibility is being a leader, and petitionary prayer is what I would like to call grandma's prayers. My grandma uh, 12 months ago, well, a bit longer than 12 months ago, went to be with the Lord. We had a great, great celebration. On the way back, I was driving down, and I was praying, and I felt that God spoke to me uh, And as I was praying, and the thought came to me. I thought, who in our family will take responsibility for petitionary prayer? I don't know about you, but when I pray, I, I pray about me. I pray about my wife. I pray about KT. I pray about church. I, I pray about things concerning me. Some of you might pray concerning other people, but my grandma, she would pray, not about herself, she would pray concerning all the family, all the sons, all the daughters, all the, the nephews, and all the people in the whole family, and she would cover them all in prayer. That would be her prayer life. Now, you may have chucked out that style of prayer and said, I'm not going to do that, that's boring, you know, but who is going to take responsibility in your family for praying for every single person? You're going to do it. Hallelujah. You're the Christian. You're the disciple. You're the person who's saying, God, I want to be a man or a woman of destiny. And if you're going to be a man or woman of destiny, you simply need to come in line with God's plan and say, God, I'm going to be a man of destiny. I'm going to be a woman of destiny. But all the people in my family are also going to become people of destiny. And how is it going to happen? By prayer. Hallelujah. Simple. Ask God. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Ask. Asking prayer. Simple. Faith request saying, it's done. Smith Wigglesworth would pray for somebody, and he would believe straight away that it was done. The guy would come the second or third time and say, listen, I need more prayer. He'd say, listen, I prayed for you once. Go home. You're healed. Why? He was saying, I, I believe. I believe in petitionary prayer. I believe in faith praying. I believe I prayed once. Jesus did that. He said, listen, just speak the word, and your servant will be healed. And he spoke the word, and immediately the man's servant was healed. Speaking prayer, just speaking requests to God and saying, God, we believe it's going to be done in Jesus' name. Covering people in prayer. Faith comes by speaking out. So those seven things, take them away with you. Number one, write down the promises of God concerning your life. Number two, write down the prophecies of God concerning your life. Number three, write down the experiences that you've had with God and what God has said. Number four, declare and confess the word of God. Number five, walk and talk with God, commune with God. Number six, write out your prayers in a personal book or diary. Write out your thoughts. And number seven, take responsibility for petitionary prayer in Jesus' name. And I believe that that will align you with faith for your dreams and your destiny. Amen. Let's all stand right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now lift your hand right now as the worship team come back. And we've got a few minutes left of this service. And before I give an opportunity or a call, um, I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to pray this prayer to God in this place today. And it's a simple prayer. Lord, I want to be the man, I want to be the woman that you've called me to be. I want to dream your dreams. What is God's dream? God's dream is God's thought. God's dream is God's word. And what is your dream? Taking and receiving God's thoughts and God's word into your life. And then speaking that out and believing that it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your thoughts towards us, Father God, are good thoughts. You have a plan for us, Lord. You have a destiny for us, Father God. And Lord, we ask you right now in this place today that you would release your dream. Sarah, receive strength. 
to conceive seed. We want to receive strength to conceive the destiny and the dream that you have for us, for our family, for our church, for KT, for our future this year, for the souls that are going to be saved, for the lives that are going to be changed, for the workplaces that are going to hear the gospel through a good godly character. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would reboot and revive our prayer life. For we know out of our prayer life is going to come the dreams and the visions of God. Father God, we want to prepare our lives for the destiny that you have for us. Therefore, we reject the destiny that we've planned for our lives. We don't want our plans. We want your plans. Your plan is to prosper us. Your plan is to give us the hope. Your plan is to give us a good future. Your plan is to save our families. Your plan is to prosper and promote and put us in a significant place. Your plan is to develop our character to be like Christ. Lord Jesus, have your way in us today. Have your way in our lives. Teach us to dream. Show us the dream. Show us your plan. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I think for a few moments as you lift your hands, what are you going to do with this message? I've given you seven points. Write out the promises of God. Write down the prophecies of God. Write down the experiences that you've had with God. Put yourself back in those experiences. Declare and confess the word. Write your own declaration. Talk with God. Write out your prayers. And petition God the things that you believe in God, you're dreaming about. Without God, we can't do it. But with God, with God, by communion with God, we can do it. This place today, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this place today, but every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and you don't know God, you've not experienced God, you don't know what it means to be a Christian, but today in your heart you're saying, Something's happening to me. I want Jesus, I need forgiveness, I need Jesus in my life, I want God's purpose. I'm tired of living my life. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand if that's you. He's saying, I want Jesus in my life. I need his forgiveness. I want his plan for my life. Just lift your hand right now in this place today because I want to pray with you. The lady here, lift it high. Just there, lift it high. You know, it's a bold step when you lift a hand because when you lift this hand and you keep it lifted, heaven sees that hand. Heaven sees the hand that say, I'm serious with God. I'm serious with God. Lift it high in this place today. Thank you. We're going to have consolidators just... We're going to give you a Bible and pray with you. Just lift your hand high. I'm going to pray with you in a few moments. We want to make sure that we've identified you. Lift it right high so I can see it again. And uh, then we're going to spend some time with you. There's a couple in the middle there. Uh, Just have some people around there and a a gentleman at the back. So let's just pray together. Father, we thank you that the most important dream is about Christ coming into our lives. The day we're born again, the vision to be saved. So Father, I ask you, forgive the sins of people here today come into thy life cleanse them uproot sin and the sinful nature and pour Christ the new nature the heavenly nature into their lives forgive them let them leave this place with your plan for their lives we pray in Jesus name and everybody said amen let's give Jesus praise right now hallelujah God bless you guys